This program made possible by Podiatry Risk Group and DocShop Pro. Manage inventory, shop for less. Well, John, here we go. Episode. Good nine. evening. Yep, uh, it's it's going to turn out to be another great episode. I cannot believe we are on episode nine. It, it just October seventh. It's hard to believe we're into October already, coming into uh, the final stretch of the year. Hard to believe. It is. It is. So we've we've got a, uh, a good episode uh, tonight. We got a special guest as always. Um, but I'd like to begin uh, with email because that gives uh, feedback on, on how we're doing, what people think about what's going on here. So first of all, everybody knows Essential Adaptations is here to help our colleagues thrive, and that's why we're here. And sending us email helps us understand whether we're reaching that pinnacle of, of what we're striving for in our goal. And we definitely are because some of the emails were loaded up with uh, some positive feedback on our last guest which you know, John, was Rem Jackson from Top Practices, yeah. who yeah. helps people achieve uh, greater success. People were very complimentary on some of the things he had to say. Uh, and uh, I think there's a summit coming up for Top Practices too, is there not? There is. It's uh, actually a virtual summit uh, this year, and I'm sure it's going to be just as exciting and, and uh, fruitful as a summit that he has in person. Yeah, yeah, they're always very exciting, and there's a lot of people that collaborate on that, so that's good. The other emails, of course, are always with Speakeasy. I'm telling you, John, we, John and I, if, if you don't know in the audience, we did a webinar, a 30-minute webinar a week or so back on Speakeasy specifically, and we asked people to sign up if they were interested. We got an overwhelming response, and because of that, we offered, I think it was a free microphone if you ordered Speakeasy within a certain time frame. We were jammed. There were so many people that just looked at looked to Speakeasy to solve their charting problems, which it does, and we've talked about that before. And then offering the the four hundred dollar value on the microphone, John, it was like yeah. the phone was ringing off the hook. As the example, it, I it, it it actually was so overwhelming, Jeff, that as you know, that promotion, that special promotion, was supposed to end September thirtieth, but right. Um, right. we actually, with special permission, we actually got that. Back, uh, advanced and extended to 15th of this month. So what do you have? Another eight days before uh, that expires. So that's a great yeah, value. Absolutely. And, and uh, I can't encourage my colleagues enough that Speakeasy is the answer to a lot of prayers on charting, LCD compliance, audits, and why not get a $400 microphone for free? Because you're not going to be without the microphone. There's no doubt. And Jeff, that. you know, Oh, I've, I've received a few emails as well, as you know, and one of the things that struck me the most was that this one person who emailed saying how fabulous this software is, um, is a person that ordinarily complains about every single technology that they ever get their hands on. I mean, they are completely, they, they are completely anti-tech and this person was raving about it. So that, that really made me feel 
You're, you're absolutely right about that. And I've always gotten questions when I talk to people about it. It's like, well, when did you launch this? Have you beta tested it? Sure, we did. We had 15 beta testers for a four-month period. So it's it's ripe and ready for, for you. So uh, I don't want to belabor on Speakeasy, but we're getting so many uh, good emails on it. I think that that's part of the reason we're doing this podcast is spread good technology and tools to help people become successful. I felt better now that the dumpster fire section is over. And let's roll right into our guest tonight because we have a really good guest uh, that we invited for a couple different reasons. But um, as you know, John, our, our, our guest is uh, Dr. Gabe Delgado. He's from Florida. I think his, even his practice is called Mid-Florida Foot Ankle Vein Clinic. Um, he's been in practice for 20 years, and that's not the reason that he's on. Um, his background, just if you want to know a little bit about his background, um, he comes, his family comes from Cuba, Cuban immigrants, he speaks Spanish, all sorts of stuff that makes just to build up that he's uh, intelligent. But um, what the real reason I think we have him on is his technology side. He has embraced, he's one of the few podiatrists that I know that we can go toe to toe and talk about technology. And the reason that's important, if you're a podiatrist practicing in today's uh, economic world and just environment, you have to have technology in order to be successful. But I think he does some things and uh, uh, does them well that helps him practice and helps his patient out outcomes. There's all sorts of things that you know the typical doctor just ignores and deals with and grudges about, but Gabe does something about it. So we're gonna get into that with him. Um, and we've known him for quite some time. And I think the most important thing about Gabe is uh, as far as I remember, um, I think he likes cigars. Is that not true, John? <laughs> that is absolutely true. Something that all three of us now have in common. Yeah. Um, and uh, I guess we'll get into it with him shortly of what type of cigars are important. And that'll tell us his character for sure. And, and we know we know exactly what gift, as, as you all know, that we provide a special gift to each of our special guests yeah. after they appear on Essential Adaptations, we know exactly what to get Dr. Delgado. Yeah, half-smoked cigars that I didn't like. Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> okay, let's let's bring him in. Oh, there he is. There's Gabe. Welcome. <laughs> hey, guys. How are you? Excellent. Good, Gabe. How are you? You're doing good. Thank you so much. For Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Well, it, 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 is, uh, it is a sincere pleasure that you agreed to come on because usually we have to force people to come on. So this, this worked out well for us. Understandable. Um, I, I sincerely hope we introduced you correctly and didn't embarrass you with anything. No, it's Although our questions yep. will embarrass you. So just, just <laughs> we hope. We hope. <laughs> Take it easy. Take it easy. <laughs> All right, John, so, you want to start grilling them a little bit? Yeah, and I'm going to actually uh, embellish a little bit upon what said in the introduction, you know, the way that I met Gabe, um, Gabe is not just a TrackNet user, Gabe is a Nemo Medical Billing customer. And as a result of the Nemo Medical Billing, uh, being a Florida resident now, I had the privilege of going to his office one day. And I, I guess that was probably about three years or so, Gabe. I don't remember how long ago. Uh, but it's, it's rather rare that I ever leave an office and on the entire drive home was just thinking, oh my God, this is not a typical podiatrist. It's very rare that I ever leave an office so impressed with the operations of it, technology of it, that I thought it was crucial that we begin to look at some of Gabe's concepts 
And we're going to talk a little bit about even some of the innovations that he's come up with that uh, we are now in, we are now using in TrackNet. Uh, and we've adopted in TrackNet in a recent update. So this is a, a podiatrist that is really ahead of his time. So Gabe, kudos to you. I will not embarrass you with any of the questions. No. <laughs> I'll try to. <laughs> yeah, Jeff Jeff is always good for that. Uh, 50%. So, uh, just talk a little bit about yourself. I mean, how did you really get involved? I know that you went to podiatry school, you did your residency, you opened your practice, all that. But... Where did this road, this parallel road of technology come from? How did you get interested and, and learn all of this? Uh, interesting story. Uh, my mom was nice enough when the first computer came out, like the Commodore 64, to buy me that little console, that keyboard console that had 64 bytes of memory. And uh, for me back then, it was just about writing minor code and little things that we learned in junior high, believe it or not, they were to teach the DOS sort of uh, framework, which is still the basis for most of Windows computing, believe it or not. And, you know, playing video games like most, you know, teenage boys like to do back in the day. And so from there, I started taking the computers apart as it became more profound. Memory started to grow and they had more components on the inside, just started ripping them apart to see what they could do, et cetera, et cetera. And then from just the recognition that the, uh, the, the, the computers make your life better if you use them appropriately um, it really just always kind of stuck with me and was always a part of my life in college and just, you know, using the standard word processor, not a typewriter. And then it migrated to bigger and better things as computers got more powerful. Eventually, it became playing with voice dictation uh, a long time ago when I started my practice and it existed. Um, it wasn't very good, but I sit and read of ankle fractures and things that I wanted to sort of highlight terms from a book and I would just dictate them. And even if there was errors there, I knew what I was saying. So that became the genesis for me to recognize that voice dictation made your life a lot simpler, a lot better in this age of needing technology to make the practice fun, uh, reducing the time that you're sitting in front of a computer, which I saw a lot as a resident, which was ridiculous. Uh, all of the technology that exists that we're incorporating is making the job of being a physician better because we're sitting in front of the patient, talking to the patient and not. When you were, were yeah. doing your residency, were, were, they already had uh, electronic health records out. So you were doing they them did. electronically sitting there. And John, if you remember, you were John. You were one of the first to adopt the EHRs. Also, that first wave of how things were done was a freaking nightmare. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, the it was. And I was in the VA system as well. And so you can imagine with the VA somewhat antiquated and most of what they do, everything was boilerplate notes, and it was copy and paste. And all obviously the amount of record keeping, which is completely superfluous and wasteful. Uh, it, it just was, it just was not good. And, and it, but, but there was a lot of opportunity there. It's just that, like you guys said, you just stick with the same thing over and over again. And that eventually gets people into trouble because they get lazy. Uh, they stop uh, modifying these notes or making them unique to the visit and telling the story. And then they wind up copying and pasting over and over again, using templates and it becomes very dangerous. And that's how I saw that needed to do something better. Yeah. Uh, and and I, we're going to circle back to technology in a moment, Gabe. But the other thing I left impressed with was some of the 
things you did within your practice, the way um, the the things that ordinarily some podiatrists are probably either outsourcing or doing at hospitals, um, you you have quite a nice setup in terms of keeping things in house. So talk about that a little bit, if you will. Um, referring more specifically to what are you talking about, John? Well, some of the, uh, the, the setup that you have in terms of in-office procedures and whatnot. Sure, absolutely. So I kind of was lucky enough to be trained as a student by a gentleman in my city that allowed me to walk through the door and just start shadowing him. Um, in the old days of podiatry, and you guys are a little bit older than me, so you know podiatrists weren't really accepted in the hospital setting, so the bunions and the hammer toes were being done in the office, right? Which sort of funny how we're going back to the minimally invasive type of surgery of the past and recognizing it as being, you know, mainstream. But he had an operative suite in his office and he told me, you know, when I asked, what's this for? He said, oh, we, we do, we do all the surgery in the office. At least we used to, not anymore. So shortly then thereafter, I recognized 20 years ago or so that we were moving in that direction. And so incorporating the technology, making the operative suite in the office and offering a low cost in office surgical option for patients which now is becoming very, very common because insurances are completely pricing themselves out of the market by charging exorbitant, exorbitant de deductibles and so on and so forth. We can offer in-office surgery with minimal you know, invasiveness with our expertise from the past uh, and do it in the office and do it for less and actually do better than what we were, than what we're currently doing on the insurance plan. So it's, it's, that's part of it, uh, an all-inclusive option that is Available to patients that come to my office and seek me out for either vein care or hammer digit deformities or exostectomies, uh, even chylectomies that are pretty invasive. And we've even incorporated nitrous oxide now, which is becoming a very good tool to bring these surgeries into the office, save patients money and give them the exact same uh, procedure without the extra cost. And Gabe, do you deliver the nitrous or does, does somebody else or did you take I, a course? Yeah, I do. I did. I took a uh, course at, at the University of Florida where I'm a mater and um, there it's primarily a dentistry course, but in the state of Florida, our, uh, our scope of practice does allow us to administer nitrous, purchase the nitrous and provide the service as long as we uh, demonstrate uh, proficiency in it. Great. Great. Yeah. So it's been a nice angle and I, that's where we're going as podiatrists. If you're taking these things to the hospital and it's costing the patient and the insurance 30,000, it's, it's, you know, and you're getting paid the least and you're the one doing all the work to bring the patient there uh, with all the responsibility. It's it just, uh, I see a new future for the, for the profession so that, of podiatry. That, that's really interesting, John. It's the pendulum, I'll call it, because uh, 30 years ago, that was the case is yeah. let's yeah. do everything in the office because of a couple reasons. One, privileges. Two, uh, why do I want to go to the hospital and spend two hours to do a simple hammer toe procedure? And now I've lost two hours of office time exactly. uh, and cost, which has driven it back to the office. So from a practice management standpoint, it's highly uh, uh, beneficial to bring it back to where it yeah. started. It's, it, life is just weird that it swung back. Everybody was doing in the hospital, obviously, and now it's back to the office for cost, efficiency, benefit for the patients, all the, all, all the kind of things. Yeah. But so that's what you have. You've created this center where uh, the efficiency of your time, patient's time, and outcomes has definitely increased. Yeah. Absolutely.
Uh, Jeff, the pendulum will never swing back to the hammer and chisel of your days, however. <laughs> don't, don't look forward to that. So the other thing, you know, uh, again, that was one of the points of reference when I left Gabe's practice, that this is a guy that's not only technology innovative, but he's ahead of his time because I agree, that's where our profession is going in that direction. Um, the other thing that I was super impressed with, and Jeff, uh, you know that on the way back from visiting Gabe, if you recall, I actually called you, yep, you to, to, yep. to tell you about this technology that Gabe innovated, that he basically put into his electronic health record. Again, he uses TrackNet, but it's a picture application yes. that he basically innovated and he demonstrated it for me while I was there. And again, I was blown away. So Gabe, I want you to talk a little bit more about that technology that you uh, created. Sure, sure. Um, the application that I created is called Medipix, and it's a picture app, and it uses all the native technology in your mobile device. The beauty of this is that whereas in the past, taking a picture on your phone of something you might see, like a puncture wound or an infection or even a before and after bunion, that would wind up scrolling through your pictures and your family might see it or friends and they might get grossed out. So. You know, I, I, I said, hey, we're going to conferences and being trained by other physicians and, you know, senior practitioners that teach us with images. Hey, this is what to do. You're looking at a, a big screen of all of these pictures of uh, the, the do's, the don'ts, the infections and x-rays, et cetera. Why aren't we creating something that consolidates all that, makes it medical legal to protect you from potential litigation and also at the same time can connect to the uh, the practice database so you can pull the demographics out seamlessly and take an image, annotate on it, and get it done within 15 seconds and at the same time have it viewable for comparison on a PC panel or something like that, which makes medicine better. So I decided to put that whole thing together and it's been amazing. It's extremely efficient and it's something that we all want, but nobody's done. So You're absolutely right. Yes, because, and, and you have hit the nail on the head. And, and yeah, back in the cave days, John, when I was in practice, we used to take Polaroids and put that Polaroid in their chart. And then we got sophisticated and we had cell phones and cameras. We take this roll of people that, but then we had to hold up a board with what their name was on. And God forbid, you'd have to try and get that into the chart somehow because you had a roll of 50 patients. It was a pain in the ass, but you yes. have really solved this issue of let me show clinical evidence of what's going on here and I can get it into this patient's file uh, seamlessly. Yes, it's, it's been it's been uh, very interesting, the ride there. And it's and it's and it's super, super quick. That's the beauty of it, because we, none of us have time. We're talking about being as efficient as possible. And the demands on physicians today is just it's 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 un it's uncanny the amount of things that they expect from us. So anything that's going to improve not only our efficiency, protect us, but also make the practice of medicine better for the patient and for us is is to me a, a real win win. And and I think Medipix has really hit the nail on the head in that respect. Yeah, and we we you know we were so impressed by it that we actually embraced it and uh, and integrated it into TrackNet. So uh, again, kudos to you for being so innovative. Yeah, we're, we're, we're very close to launching it where it'll just be seamless for a TrackNet user. There'll just be a button that says Medipix and away they go. And it's certainly a, a, a definite clinical enhancer. In fact, I was thinking about that. Not only is it great for ulcers and, you know, trauma and whatever, but I used to take pictures of every single nursing home patient I had. Uh, I wanted documentation that, you know, if when a, 
a person would call me up, a family member would call me up. I could pull up a picture of that person's foot and said, yeah, I saw your mother. You know, this is what I saw. It would refresh myself. So it's, it's almost like a daily use thing. There's no doubt about or, it. Or th think of it even from a, uh, a medical, legal, regulatory issue as well. You know, you need not just documentation of the thickness of the toenails, let's say, but if you have a picture of that, a picture paints a thousand words as well. So you think about combining from a risk perspective, the power of Medipix with Speakeasy. And now you're really talking about uh, some protective measures, which is the, the very next topic that I'd like to ask you about, Gabe. So you're, you're a podiatrist ahead of their time. You're innovative, creative, um, and you really are on board with everything that Nemo Health has. You're on board with TrackNet. You're on board with Nemo Medical Billing. Uh, and as far as podiatry risk group, you are now on board with Speakeasy as well. So from a person of your perspective, unbiased, honest, tell us what your thoughts are on Speakeasy. Well, I, I personally love it. The truth is the dictation, uh, the accuracy today is, is unbelievable. And if you can dictate the note, that's one thing. But if you can dictate a, a small statement, uh, even better to get an entire paragraph and still dictate the paragraph if you want to customize your note, you've got that flexibility. And that's what Speakeasy does. And with the massive amounts of templates, uh, you really can't go wrong. It, once you become used to your style, you might not need so many templates or, excuse me, let me back up, macros, I like to call them because they're commands. So, commands. Thank you, John. And so mm -hmm. that makes the the need for protection, because that's exactly what we're fearing today, unfortunately, is audits. Uh, but we can still treat the patient instead of sitting in front of the computer the entire time charting till seven or eight o'clock because Speakeasy does the work for us with the, you know, few commands that are needed to really customize a note and then still, you know, uh, zip out whatever else needs to be discussed regarding the patient as to whether or not, you know, they're kid is doing well in baseball or not, whatever you want to put in there, you can do. And you just can't do that when you're typing so easily. It's just too time consuming. So this is a, this is a tremendous innovation and I'm very excited about it. I think uh, this is hitting the ball out of the park for sure. Great. Thank you. That's excellent. So we, we got the, the technology nerds endorsement, John. That's all I need. To know. <laughs> yes. We got the attorney's endorsements. We have the tech nerds endorsements. We're good. I knew We're that good. was coming somewhere. <laughs> So. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> okay. that, that, that is, it is great. So um, let's talk a little bit really quickly because I always harp on this, uh, Gabe, is when I run into practices and I say the word cloud, they get nervous, like the hairs stand up on the back of their neck. And, <laughs> and, and I, I don't know why. I think it's a throwback from uh, medieval times. I don't know what it is that people still have this gripping fear that the cloud is bad or, or the cloud is going to disappear and all my data is going to be gone. And I've reassured people a million times about Microsoft backs it up 80 million times in 12 billion locations. The United States disappeared. You'd still have your data in Europe somewhere, all this right. kind of stuff. Uh, but from your perspective, because you've done it as you as, as you've seen the evolution as a kid, uh, you know, as you've told us, um, just I want to hear your perspective on, on, on cloud computing and, and just to put people at ease, because I know what you're going to say. <laughs> well, I always loved the control that 
I had with my own servers and all my data until my hard drive crashed and I lost everything. So I used to back everything up. And until you saw some multiple failures and you're like, oh my gosh, all this stuff is gone. You know, and the cloud, cloud computing is obviously the way to go. It, there's, it, it's so inexpensive to store massive amounts of information in the cloud that you're really missing the boat if you're trying to contain your information under one roof. It's so dangerous, especially in our business. Uh, not to have that secured, which of course everything is encrypted so so profoundly that it's almost impossible to decrypt information in you know in our uh, in our specialties in medicine and worry about um, actually being you know sued or um, you know the dangers of somebody hacking information and stealing uh, you know sensitive data. So I absolutely 100% think that if you're not in the cloud, you're missing something, uh, and it's. Easy. It's made so simple. For instance, with uh, TrackNet and other, you know, other uh, data providers, that you 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 need to migrate to the cloud. It's just a lot simpler to manage your data. You don't have to worry about backing it up, like you said. There's so much redundancy, and uh, I highly recommend it for sure. I, I don't back up anything. I have X-ray servers, all of our Medipix data servers. Everything now is completely offsite. Now I do keep one around in case I need to. Uh, we have a little a little backup plan interiorly in the office. And if something, one computer goes down, we, we know we've got to just uh, mirror that particular machine and we have everything we need instantly. So we don't have to work for it too hard in that particular day. But beyond that, we know we've got everything backed up in the cloud. I'm glad you said that because quite often uh, we get into these tussle discussions with IT companies who uh, they know what they used to know and life has changed. And unless an IT company is coming to you and saying you should be in the cloud, if they're saying, oh, you need a server and, and we're mm -hmm. going to serve that for you and we're going to take care of it for you, that's a self-interest. That's something yeah. that people need to be careful of. And maybe 15, 20 years ago, that was the case and that was the norm. But uh, I, I do run into a lot of IT companies, not all, but many that are still trying to protect their, their, their territory. And unfortunately, the physician or the physician's office uh, has to pay the price for that, which is, yeah. which is a big mistake. It can be very dangerous. I'd agree. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you're not going to believe this, but time is just flying. Uh, uh, John, I, I don't know where the time goes. I think, John, you asked too many questions. because I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that's it's always my fault. Always my fault um, that we run out of time. I'll, I'll give Talk. you the last few words, Gabe or John. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll sit back. Uh, anything uh, that we need to add? Because it's all about tech. I would, I would add yeah. this. I, I really wanted to mention this today, too. Something as basic as a little earpiece... This is not so much technology, and I know we've seen this a little bit in uh, uh, APMA news and so on and so forth, but about five or six years ago, I started using these very inexpensive Motorola radios with an earpiece. I used to yell, like open my treatment room door, hey, I need an injection, hey, get over here for this. And, they used to, I, and I knew they were ignoring me because they wouldn't show up. <laughs> and then they'd say, well, I couldn't hear you. you know? So I finally said, you're not going to do this to me anymore. So this is the one of the best things we've implemented. It is so... Really? basic and yet so effective and efficient when you just can communicate amongst your staff, whether it's telling the front office people what they should or shouldn't charge or what you communicated with, or if there's literally somebody walking through the door that the administrator feels uncomfortable about, hey, doc, we've got something out here. I need you to get out here right now. Mm -hmm. Whatever. That quick communication has been very, very effective. I encourage all podiatrists, all physicians who have a fairly diverse practice with a lot of moving parts to use 
just because everybody needs to be a part of the communication uh, during the day to make it more efficient, more enjoyable. This is just one more thing that makes the practice of medicine enjoyable to me. Simple and sweet. That's great. Great tip. Great tip. So, Jeff, I have one more question. Mm. And this, Gabe, is just in preparation for receiving your incredibly valuable gift for sharing your <laughs> valuable time with us tonight. Um, your single favorite cigar. What is it? I, it's straightforward. It's, uh, it's, it's just the Diamond Crown with the uh, Connecticut wrapper. It's, okay. uh, it's, it's, it's not too flashy, not too expensive, but it's smooth. So I'm writing it down. Thank so that's, you. Uh, that's a good tip. And my tip on cigars, as always, John, is the best cigar of the day is the morning with a cup of coffee. <laughs> In the morning. We're not supposed I to be like talking it. about unhealthy habits here. I just wanted to know for his gift. <laughs> yes, thank you. Thank you. Excellent. Well, I appreciate it, guys. Thank you so Gabe, much. Thank you so time. much. It was a pleasure. Thank Gabe, you. Thanks for being okay. on, Gabe. I'm going to pull you out of the shot. Uh, okay. You guys you. take care. Thank you so you much. Too. Absolutely. Bye. Okay, John. Excellent interview. Uh, as always, and some great tips. Some great, yeah. great tips on uh, a very uh, unique uh, guy. Very oh, unique gosh, guy. I yeah. love. I love listening to him. Uh, it's it's just amazing what what uh, he's done with his practice. Oh, for sure. And uh, I hope a lot of people were listening and watching because some of those things that he talks about uh, are just practice enhancers. Makes your life yeah. a lot easier. No two buts yeah. about it. So, John, we are in the portion to talk about my favorite part, the puzzler. Um, Sticking uh, Halloween theme, uh, right? We're going to stay on our holiday theme. Now, last uh, episode, we uh, put up a picture and even played the theme song to the Munsters. So we were kind of giving it away. And your question for the puzzler was, uh, what is the address of the house that the Munsters lived on, theoretically, or or, or whatever we would call it. And we got some responses. And the first, the first response in is always, is always going to be the winner. Um, and that would be uh, a guy named Rick Lustig. He was the first to get 1313 Mockingbird Lane. And it's funny, when, when you pose that question, I kind of already knew it in my head. And it's something you just remember as a kid. And, and oh, yeah. I don't yeah. remember... I don't think they ever showed the address. They used to just say it all the time. We live at 1313 Mockingbird Lane. No, 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 no. If I remember, if I remember correctly, on the post outside the uh, on the front of the house, there was the numbers 1313. You didn't hear Mockingbird Lane. You heard Mockingbird Lane, but 1313 was posted, Jeff. And in fact, you could actually um, uh, one of the again I mentioned last last podcast that. For some crazy reason, growing up, that was one of my favorite shows. But uh, Universal Studios, you can go see the actual house. It looks really uh, nothing like the the house on the TV show, but you can see the actual house. Hmm. Well, so anyway, it was tonight's time. puzzler, yeah, tonight's puzzler is going to be in line uh, with our Holly, uh, our Halloween theme. Absolutely. So. Um, so I'm ready for this one, and hopefully this works because you know. I don't have a producer. It's a low budget thing. I'm going to put up a picture. Let me see if this. Oh, there it is. Okay. You can't see it, John, but it's there. So it's a picture of a character 
out of a, a program. I, I think we should give the program of where. No, I, I think I think to make it, it a bit more itself. challenging. <laughs> yeah, it speaks for itself. To make it more challenging, and look, you know, this is a Halloween time. Uh, think about the the sitcoms that were based on things like the monsters. What's who is this character? What is this character's name? Yeah, this is, <laughs> this is pretty unique. I'm looking at the picture going, oh, my goodness. And we got it in rare form. So when you see when you see the picture, John, you'll know you know what the heck I'm talking about. That's great. That's great. Excellent. So uh, that leaves us to when our next episode is. Our next episode is October 21st, Wednesday mm -hmm. night, like tonight, mm -hmm. Wednesday nights, 8 p.m. Um, we, uh, if you know the answer to that puzzler, or you want to just send us some information, always send it at info, uh, at essentialadaptations.com. We'll get it right away. First in on the puzzler question of who that character was, uh, we need the name of the character of what they called the character in the program. And, uh, you will win our lovely prize pack. And, uh, uh, there is a lot of competition because I'm thinking of increasing the value of these prize packs. So, uh, I think, uh, well, as I increase them, I'm going to start showing the prizes of what, you know, last week, uh, or the two weeks ago when nobody got it, it was a Ferrari. So nobody got it. So <laughs> I'm going to keep the Ferrari. <laughs> so there it goes. Okay. Excellent. Another great episode, John, uh, late at yes, night and of thank course, you. past our bedtimes and episode is. nine is, is, is another good one in the book. Thanks, Jeff. Have a great night, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Excellent. Thank you. This program made possible by Podiatry Risk Group and Doc Shop Pro. Manage inventory and shop for less.